I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. A, this, this lesson that was out of the, 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 the book was on Amos and Brother Roberts, and he mentioned like six or seven times that he wished he could teach it. And uh, he dreaded giving me the book. So I, I, I uh, shut the book and I found something else to teach, and I'm going to save that for him and let him do that. And uh, this morning I want to talk about unconditional love. And uh, unconditional love is, uh, is something very foreign to this world. It, it's really hard to understand. It's hard to grasp just the very thought of unconditional love. No strings attached. And uh, let me read First John 4 through 7. 1 John 4, or excuse me, 1 John 4 and 7. And uh, I, uh, I, then I'll skip down to ver, uh, verse 16. When you find it, say amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And let me pause right there to say this before I go on. It is a sad world that we live in when the biggest problem is love is misinterpreted. Love is not understood. Love is not, we're all adults here, love is not sex. Love is, is sorely misinterpreted, and because it is misinterpreted, we've got a confused world. Because if people could understand what true love is, they would be drawn, they, they would understand that God is love, and they'd be drawn to Him. And God is love. The Bible says it. Verse 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because why do we know that God loves us? It was, uh, it was, uh, we know He loves us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. John 4 and 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. I want to talk to you about unconditional love this morning. You may be seated. Love is an extremely, extremely important topic. And it's obvious uh, it's important because 280 times love is found in the King James Version. 280 times. Yet in the world that we live in, love is something that is reserved for the ones that are closest to us. Uh, it's, it's reserved for people that are friends. And it's easy to love people. It's easy to love people that are easy to love. It's easy to love people that it's convenient to love. But it's kind of hard to love somebody that goes against our grain. It's, it's really hard to love people that despitefully use you. It's hard to love people that get on your nerves. Now, I know, I'm not, I know this doesn't apply to people from here, but uh, I, 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 from people from Illinois, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's hard to, to show people love that, that treat you ill. It's, it's hard to smile 
at somebody and love somebody that'll run you off the road. Men, you ever have road rage? Don't answer that. It's hard to, to smile and, and show compassionate on people that talk bad about you and run you down, run your children down. They can talk bad about me all they want to when they start messing with my kids. It's hard for me to love somebody like that. Come on, parents. You know I'm being honest this morning, and you should be honest too. Amen? But, it's, it, but, uh, but even though that we should love unconditional, it's, it, it's very, very hard to understand that because only God can truly love unconditional. In, in its purest form. Uh, but people will want, only want to give love under certain conditions. People only want to show love when things are going their way. In other words, I'll love you as long as you don't tell me how to live. You ever see people like that? That people don't want to go to church because they think people or the pastors trying to tell them how to live. They will love you and they will be your friend as long as you don't interfere with their lifestyle. As long as you don't go against how they live and how they talk and how they present themselves. They'll love you, they'll be kind to you, but just, just don't cross their boundaries. Just, just do whatever they ask you to do. As long as you do what I want you to do, as long as you don't hurt me, I will love you. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. Everybody in here is going to hurt somebody at one point or, or another, and you're going to get hurt. I've had people say, well, I'm not coming back to that church because those people have hurt me. Well, guess what? At one point or another, you've probably hurt me or said something about me or said something about the person next to you. And so if everybody based their decision, whether they showed up for church by how people treat them, nobody would be here. So, can, can I just be honest with you this morning? Get over yourself. Quit basing whether you love or give love by what people, uh, how people treat you. Because it, the fact is that we live in an imperfect world with a bunch of imperfect people, and people is going to get on our nerves. They're going to, they're going to make us mad. They're... Uh, some people, they, they don't do it on purpose. I, I told Brother and Sister Robertson a long time ago, I said, I will never let you down on purpose. And I said, I'm going to tell you, I'll probably let you down on accident, but I'm not going to intentionally let you down. And so, there, but people only want to give love uh, a lot of times by how they have been treated. And as long, excuse, excuse me, as long as you behave, this is how they, how they think, as long as you behave in a manner that's pleasing to me, then I will love you. I, I will treat you good. But we're talking about something today that's altogether different than, than how people love in this world. I'm talking about unconditional love today, for it is without conditions that Jesus uh, went to the cross on Calvary's hill. He was treated bad, but he still went. He knew this going in. It was without reserve that he so freely gave his life for every single one of us people in here and everybody in this world, all the Muslims, all the terrorists, the child abusers, the rapists, the murderers, everybody, Jesus died for all of us. Sometimes we forget that in church and think, well, he, he's coming back after church. Well, he came for an imperfect church. He died for sinners. That's Bible. First John 3 and 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Many people, they don't realize today that the love of God is unconditional. The reason why they don't understand unconditional love is because they've never received it in this world. You will never 
find unconditional love in this world. I learned it a long time ago in school. When I was just, just growing up, it's funny how even the young, the youth, even proved me right. Uh, my, my kids are, 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 are sensitive. The other day I asked Ethan, I said, how does the boys on your football team treat you? How do they, what do they, do they, do they, because he's, he, I think he's the only apostolic boy on his football team. How they treat you, he said, Dad, they love me, he said, because I'm, I do good. I, I, I can score touchdowns and I'm, I'm fast and I'm athletic. He said, that's the reason they like me. And it, 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 just, it made me sad for him. I, I thought, well, what if you didn't have those abilities? What, what if you couldn't? score a touchdown what what if you were merely the water boy all of a sudden you're not loved and people people are used to getting love that's just under certain conditions if you're rich you get loved if 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 you're good looking you get loved if you got a lot of money people want to be around you but this world does not give unconditional love they just love you with conditions that's why it's so vital, church, to stay inside the church with your brothers and sisters. I believe with all my heart we're going to have conflicts, we're going to have problems, we're going to have arguments. But I believe that the true church will love you unconditional. I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, but the church still loves you. Can I get an amen? The word unconditional is simply what it sounds like. There is no condition that will either cause us to earn or detour it. Uh, you know, unconditional love that Jesus gave to us was not earned. They didn't, we didn't earn, we didn't do anything to deserve His love. Well, let me just make it personal. I know I didn't. I, and I said it earlier, and I'm going to keep nailing it. He died for me before I was anything good. He said, when you were yet sinners, I died for you. He loved me when I was unlovable. When nobody else loved me, He loved me. And nobody can deter His love. They can't make Him not love them. There is no place in the world, there is not a sin that anybody could commit that would make Jesus not love you. There is nothing. And the only way that I can truly understand what the purest form of unconditional love is, is with me, the way I view my kids. Here, I'm going to get emotional. There is nothing... Nothing that my children could do. I don't care what decisions they make, Brother Scott. I don't care where they go. They can slam the door in my face when they're 18 years old and, and walk out the door, tell me, uh, their mom and me that, that they don't want nothing to do with us. But I will love them until the day that I die. I will love them until the day... That I die. And John 3.16 was one of the most popular verses. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. The, the Greek word uh, for world, cosmos, is defined as the ungodly multitude. What was on the other side? Because I was like blown away. I'd never seen uh, uh, the homosexuals and lesbians protest. Never seen. I was, it was me and, me and James was sitting here watching it. And you could tell these people they, they, they were gay and lesbians. They didn't have to have signs. But they were up expressing their freedoms and, and expressing that this is American. We can be like we, who we want to be. And they were, they, they were expressing their feelings. And on the other side of the street, I'm trying to find out who's in here. So. On the other side of the street were Christians. And they had signs, and they were chanting, God hates fags. God hates queers. God hates homosexuals. 
You're going to burn in hell. And they were, he, the Christian, this pastor, was across the, he was looking across the street. He was saying, you're going to burn in hell. You're going to die. You're going to burn forever. You're... And I, I, I literally got so irritated and sick. I didn't go preach the, to the homosexuals. I didn't go over there. I didn't go console them. I didn't go talk to them. I went straight for the pastor. And I, I'm telling you right now, I want to box his ears. I said, what do you think you're doing? He goes, what do you mean? What do you think I'm doing? He said, I'm standing up for God. I said, no, you're not. I said, you're hating. I said, you're hating hate with hate. And I said, Jesus never hated hate with hate or never destroyed hate with hate. I said, he destroyed hate with love. And I said, you're never going to win any... You you asked James. I told him, I said, you're never going to win any of them unless you tell them that you love them and that Jesus Christ accept them for who they are and Jesus Christ will change you in due time. You can't change somebody... First, without them first getting the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. The Bible says that He would lead, guide, and direct people with the Holy Ghost into all truth. After. You shall receive power after. People aren't going to understand why you live the way you live when they don't have the Holy Ghost. People ain't going to understand separation and, and you're the, what we call standards, if they don't first have the Holy Ghost. And it's then only that their people will understand and change. My mom, she, she, would, she would absolutely kill me. This is going over the CD. I pray to God she don't listen to any of this. My mom was a hippie, dope-smoking, uh, fighting, just grew up with, in, in a rough place. And she got the Holy Ghost, and she was still smoking cigarettes, and she was still looking like she did. And I don't know, she probably still drank. Maybe she smoked whatever, whatever she, she did. But she did all those things. And there were people in that church that ridiculed her and talked bad about her and made her feel bad. And she kept, she kept coming back. She kept coming back. And eventually... She started changing, and God started uh, working on her. And she, she is the most godly woman that I know and has raised good children in the process. But because she didn't allow that to get to her, I'll tell you what, 80 of our family on the grammar side came in in a revival. 80 people. Brother Robert Bear preached a 13-week revival at our church, and 80 people come in, and it started with my mother. And I want you to think about the repercussions. If, if, if they would have ran her off, if their love for her was just under certain conditions, if, if, it would, if she would have allowed it to run her off, 80 people, not just 80 people, but their kids in the future and their grandkids. And me, I would have, I would have never known what this thing was about. But we, so, and, and I didn't mean to spend a lot of time here, but apostolics can be very brutal on people. I have been in this thing for 37 years. And apostolics can be the most brutal people in the world. But at the same time, they can be the most loving people. I, and I don't see, I, don't, I really don't see that here. I, I don't see, I, I see a church that loves without condition. They, 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 and I'm, I'm going to go on. But I, I want us to understand that the only thing, the only reason that we're going to build a true apostolic church is the power of love power of love that's not a I'm not talking about the rock song either and her song called the power of love what's the church that Joel Osteen pastors what is that name Saddle Lakewood I don't I don't agree I don't agree with his doctrine I don't agree with the formula of of, of getting to heaven the way he, he says I don't agree with it I still believe death burial and resurrection 
I believe repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and then filling with the Holy Ghost. I believe that's the, our, our only way out of here. That's the only way to get the bride. But here's the thing. How, I don't know how many people he's got in his church. 40,000 people. Somebody asked him how he got people, to, how, many, why, how he got that many people to come to that church. And they, those people, are faithful to his church. He said, my father started preaching love before I was born. He said, they loved me, or they loved people regardless who they were, he said, and he started preaching love. And I know that we can't be preaching that sloppy stuff all the time. I know that, I know that there, there has to be correction. In, but he preached love, and he built that church out, off, of, off of loving people. And they got 40,000 people. Get on YouTube and look up that church. No, they don't have the truth. But look who they have drawn. And they've done it because they've loved people. And I talked to somebody that went there uh, to, to that church. And it was actually an apostolic pastor. He said, I was just curious. He said, I wanted to go. He said, I was in the area and I wanted to go to one of their services. He said, when I went there, he said, I got swarmed with leaders in their church. They embraced me. They, asked, they, they cared about my kids. They cared about my family. They cared about where I was from. They loved me. They didn't care uh, anything else. Uh, they didn't care what I had on. He said they ushered me to my seat. He said they made me feel like a million dollars. They said, hey, where would you like to sit? We'll sit you close. And they, I think he even said that people got up and moved. Saints of the church moved so these visitors could have a place. They were a tag. And they said, we want you to be as comfortable as possible. We want you to feel loved. And, and, and that's what we're here for. And people swarm. We can say whatever we want to about those people and however they believe. But I'm going to tell you something. They have drawn crowds and they've done it off of love. If we could somehow balance. Christianity claims God's love comes free of charge. No strings attached. But understand... No other religion makes that claim. Buddhists, for example, follow an eightfold path to enlightenment. It's not a free ride. You have to jump through hoops to be loved by their God. Hindus believe in karma, that your actions continually affect the way the world will treat you. You have to work really hard to be accepted by the God that they, they serve. And you, so you have to go through all these actions just to ex, be accepted and loved by God. That's how they believe. The Jewish code of law implies God has requirements for people to be accepted or acceptable to Him. And in Islam, God is a God of judgment, not a God of love. You live to appease Him. If you don't uh, die for the cause or not willing to die for the cause, you can't be loved by their God. And it's sad to know that people compare the love of God to the love of men. They're used to having people love them with conditions so they automatically base whether God loves them by how they perform. And that's not at all uh, God's, God's way of doing things. Only Christianity de declares to proclaim God's love is unconditional. An unconditional love that we, uh, that we call grace. Grace is God freely giving to us the gifts and forgiveness, mercy and love. So God's love is unconditional. Whether we deserve it or not. Deserve it or not. Romans 5, 6 through 8 sums it up this way. For when we were yet Without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. It blows my mind. I cannot grasp it. I cannot fully grasp why somebody would die with no guarantees that people would love them. I, I, can't, I can't grasp it. No, nothing in return. I mean, he, he died for us knowing good, good and well that there was a possibility that we would spit in his face and walk away. But he said, He's will, I, I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to take the risk. I, I, it blows me away. 
I, can't, I, 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 I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God command, commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I remember, uh, it was when Brother, Brother Cisco was here one year, I was, I, I was kneeling right here. And I remember I, I, I was praying, and I was praying very intensely. And God showed me a vision. I think I shared it with, with you all a long time ago, but some people are new. They, heard it, they hadn't heard it. And, and God showed me something. Growing up in this thing, I, sometimes we just take it for granted. And we, we, lose, we lose sight and understanding how much God truly does love us. You know, it's, it's, it's easy for some people to walk in here off the street and know that they've been addicted to, to crack and addicted to meth, and God takes it away from them, and all of a sudden, for the first time in their life, they feel loved. They understand it, but some of us Christians that's been in this for a long period of time, we kind of get accustomed to it, and we kind of get used to it, and, and it kind of loses its glim and, it, and its shine. And so I was at that point in my life, and I remember coming up here, and I was praying. I said, God, I said, I know I love you, but I don't really understand why. I've I, I, I got to find a reason. Is, am I the only one that has ever felt that way? I've got to find it. And, and God spoke to me in, in, in a vision, and it, I was here... And I was praying. And God showed me. He began to show me this family. And he showed me this, this man and woman that had this beautiful little girl. And she, she was just, just beautiful. And, and uh, he showed me she was playing out in the yard. She was healthy. And then the next scene he took me to, all of a sudden she wasn't as beautiful as she once was. She was her face was sunken in and she was unhealthy and I could see that she was definitely sick. And I saw him at the doctor's office. And I literally heard the conversation that the doctor had with his father. This is all in five or six minutes I was up here praying. And God showed me this. And he showed me, he told, he showed me that the doctor, he said, your daughter's sick with a rare disease. He said that she's probably going to die. I, I don't give her much hope. But he said... I, I want you to know that there is, a, there is a surgery that we can do that will possibly help her. He said, but you don't have insurance. And it's going to cost this much. And it, we have to have so much money paid down to even give her the surgery. Then you have to pay the rest later. And so I saw these, this mom and dad. They went away distraught. What are we going to do? We don't have the funds. We don't have the money. And they begin to sell everything that they had. I saw the mom begin to take heirlooms that meant things to her. She began to sell them. She began to collect money. And the father, he went out and sold, and they lost their house, and they didn't have anything. And they were standing with nothing around them. And they finally, they went to get, her, get, the, get the, uh, the, the baby surgery. And they gave the baby surgery... And the baby died. And that's when I come to. And I said, God, what are you, what are you trying to show me? How, I, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. He said, that's how... That's how I loved you. He said, I gave everything that I had. Knowing good and well, you would possibly die lost. There was no guarantees that you would ever make it. He said, but I loved you so much that I would be willing to give everything so that you might have a chance. And that, I didn't, I didn't mean to. We'll never understand the depth of God's love completely. Though we learn some today that there will be 
more yet to learn tomorrow, even in a world without end. We will still be um, trying to understand the depths, the depth and the length and the breadth of the love of God, for God is completely love. It's, it's just, the, the Bible says in Lamentations 3.22 and 23, it says, it, it is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. We should die. But we should, we, we, we should never make it. But because, it says, because His compassions fail not. He is patient. And His compassion, it never runs dry. You'll never be able to uh, empty out the compassion of God. This is what He says in verse 23. says, they are new Every morning, every single day, His mercy becomes new. But I failed yesterday. It's all right. Joy cometh in the morning. And His mercy is going to be new every day. But then He says, Great is thy faithfulness. Loving the way Jesus loves, it had no beginning. The Bible says that the Lamb... This is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Just uh, The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And I preach this a thousand times, and I'll continue to preach it. Before the foundation of the world. Before He ever hung the world in space. Before He ever put one star in space. He paused and he said, my priority is not the world, it's not the oceans, the beauty of this world, it's not the, the galaxies, it's nothing, none of that. Before the foundation of the world, he said the lamb was slain. He said, because I see that my children are going to need love. Because I see in the future that they need unconditional love, I'm going to pause, and my priorities will be them. And I'm going to present unconditional love before they ever need it. So which tells me, before we ever sinned, He loved us. Before we were ever sick in body, His stripes that he took on his back before it ever before we ever needed. He said, I'm going to make a way out before they ever need it. See, we always think about, well, they was all sinning, so he came and made a way out. Oh no. His way was already made before we ever made the decision to walk away from him. That 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 to me is is, is huge. It's a I'm enamored by that. His love has no ending. It's forever. It will endure eternally. There is nothing in this world that we could ever do to keep Him from loving us. Loving the way Jesus loved us is going to be the only way that we could build a church that God intended His church to be. We are the mouthpiece of God. We are an extension of God. And if God can present unconditional love, then we as His body and His church ought to, at the same manner, have unconditional love. I didn't say that you had to trust everybody. There's going to be people that treat you bad. How can I say this? There's going to be people that rob from you and steal from you. That doesn't mean that you have to let them in your house. If somebody hurts your children, whatever way, you've got to love them. But see, a lot of times we, 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 don't, we, we, we don't want to love them because we, we, we... How can I say this? I'm trying to... Because we feel obligated... If we we got to love somebody, we feel obligated to cater to them. 
If somebody steals my money out of my house, I'm not going to throw my wallet on the table and put them, put, let them, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to put my wallet on the table and give them my, uh, access to my bank account. But that doesn't mean I can't love them or love their soul. It's just because somebody hurts us doesn't mean we've got to retreat or uh, uh, to, to, to go back and try to pay them back with, with hate either. But I'm trying to be really careful because I'm preaching myself in the conviction here. We've got to love people regardless of the way they act, regardless of who they are. Pray for those who despitefully use you. The only way that we're going to ever make a difference in the hurting and bruised, bleeding and broken, diseased, confused and prodigal world is to love the way Jesus loved. And nobody ever demonstrated love like he did when he was on his way to the hill of Calvary. I have never, there has never been a picture that has ever been told that is any greater than those, those hours that he was heading up to that cross. His memory was great. He remembered who that he healed. He remembered who he loved and, and healed their daughters and could you imagine him? He's pulling the cross up, up the hill. And he looks over and sees the same guy that, that was legs were, were, were unable to walk. He speaks life into him. And he's over there pitching rocks saying, crucify him. Could you imagine what was going through his mind? And he looks over and he says, man, did I just see him throw a rock? I just... A month ago, I raised his daughter from the dead. And he pulls a cross up a hill. And he, the words that he says, forgive them. For they know not what they do. What do you mean they know not what they do? What kind of words is that? What he was really saying was, my love trumps their motives, their decision-making, their actions. I love them regardless. What a powerful, what a powerful concept. Love so amazing and so divine that it demands my all. That, it may, that, that, it is, that is why we uh, need to be careful when we... Uh, when we, when we treat people the way we do, we got to understand that one, one, there was once in our lives that we've, we've hurt people, we've treated people bad. We need to see through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus said a new commandment that I have unto you, that you love one another just like I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How are people going to understand, separate us from the from the people that are, are fake and the people that are real. They're going to see how much people or how much we love people. That's how people's going to know us. Not by how we look. That's not how people are going to recognize the true church. There's not a scripture in the Bible that says you're going to be recognized by how you separate yourself. Those are things that we should do because we love Him. But He said, you're going to know, people are going to know who you are by how much you love. Hmm. And this is, this is really hard. It says, the Apostle John told us, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have, have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. If you see people that need and you don't give, then you don't have love in you. He said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, despitefully use you. Bless those who curse you. 
That is a hard thing to do. And if we're all honest, that's one of the things that keeps many of us from going further in God is because we have a hard time loving somebody that's been hurtful to us. That's one of the one things that allows bitterness very quickly. When we have a problem with somebody, instead of going to bed mad about it, we should go to them people and work it out. It is so much easier on us if we would learn that concept, if we would learn to understand, hey, I understand those people made a mistake. I'm going to go to them and we're going to talk about it. But what do we do? We do this. We go, well, forget them. They hurt me. I ain't going around them. They hurt me. I'll hurt them. And we spend a lot of time paying people back for things that happened years ago. And when, when all we had to do is go to those people and, and, and show them some kind of love and, and with the action of, hey, if I've done anything. I, I have diffused a lot of bombs with people that have hurt me and, made, and, and done really bad things to me go, to go to them and go, you know what? If I've ever hurt you, I'm the one apologizing to them. Say, well, you don't have to apologize for something you didn't do. Well, it's better than being going and knocking their teeth out. I'm not making you an example for that. I'm not going to knock your teeth out. Probably. I'm just kidding. But I have went to people and said, hey, man, if I've hurt you in any way, I'm sorry. And you know what that makes them want? Most of the time, it makes them go, you know what? He's never hurt me. I'm the one that hurt him. And nine times out of ten, they say, oh, no, you don't need to say that. I've hurt you. I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, I'm released from it. And it it does wonders. Have you ever tried that? I'm a fighter by nature. I'm so glad that you didn't know me before I came here. I'm glad you don't know me. I don't, I'm glad you don't know much about me. But I wasn't ever like that. I would hunt you down. And it wouldn't be good. Somebody was going to get hurt. Most of the time it was me. But I didn't care. That's how vengeful I was. I knew I was going to get hurt. But anger and strife and, 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 and jealousy and, and, and all that stuff was coming out. It, I didn't care the consequences. And when we start showing people love and stuff, it releases us in the spirit world. It releases us to be what God wants us to be. And a lot of people are held hostage because of because they only want to show people love when it's when it's easy to love, and they don't show forgiveness. Loving the way Jesus loved is the only way that this church is going to make a difference. That's it. You can help make a difference in this church, but it's got to first come. With unconditional love. Love forgets a person's past. You hear me? Love forgets a person's past. And even their present sins. And their present failures. And considers them to be under the blood of Jesus. Here's the deal. If Jesus can forgive somebody, they're they're sinning against Jesus. If He can forgive them, why can't? We find a way to forgive. If he can love, because they're the ones transgressing against his law, not mine. His law. He, 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 he loves. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what my circumstance is. You don't know what my father did to me. You don't know what my mother did to me. You don't, you don't, you don't know what, what, what I've been through in my life. Every single one of us has been through some kind of pain in our life. But somehow you've got to forget about the, the past and take care of today. And realize 
and understand that if you're, if you're going to get ahead in life, you're going to have a ministry that you've got to learn how to accept love and you've got to learn how to give love. A lot of people can't give love because they don't know how to accept love. A lot of people can't accept love because they can't forgive themselves. They can't accept forgiveness from God because they feel like they've gone way too far to even let God love them. So therefore, since they can't receive love, they have a hard time giving love. You cannot give love unless you first understand that you can and and find a way to receive love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that confusing? You've got to accept love. I've seen people come to this altar time and time over, and they tarry, and they tarry for the, uh, and the Holy Ghost, and they wonder, why in the world can I get the Holy Ghost? Why can I get the Holy Ghost? It ain't for me. It's not for me. I've seen that a thousand times. It is for you. The reason people don't receive the Holy Ghost most of the time is because they can't get past the first part called repentance. It's not that they're not sorry. It's because... It's A lot of times it's because they don't think that they're good enough and they don't think that God's going to really receive them and give them love. And so therefore, they can't receive the Holy Ghost unless they first receive God's love and and forgiveness. And so before you can truly give unconditional love, you've got to accept in your life, hey, I know I failed, I know I've I've not been right, and I, I know I've got to get right. God... I know you love me. I know you've been there for me. Real love, unconditional love says, I don't care how bad your sin is, I still love you. Unconditional love says, no matter what you've done, I still want to pray with you. Unconditional love says, no matter how horrible or how gross your sin may be, I still care about you, I still want to help you in your walk with God, I don't care where you've been. Do you know why I'm teaching it this morning? Do you understand? Because love is the centerpiece of our power. Love is the foundation. I believe that this church is, is going to get in the position to reach people. And it's going to, it's it, it, people that they never thought that they were going to reach. But I believe it's going to start with love. I believe that we're going to have a tremendous revival, but it's going to be with unconditional love. If anybody ever comes in this place and they don't look just look the part and you ever hear anybody say anything to them, I want you to come directly to me. Go to Brother Robertson, go to Brother Davis, one of these preachers. You'd be surprised... I'm not done, but I, I, I am. You'd be surprised how many people have walked out of here feeling empty because of one little statement, one little phrase. Well, why did you come looking like that? You're supposed to be coming looking like you're in your Sunday's best. We need bouncers. We need some big, strong, tough bouncers. And the rule is this, that if, uh, if, if, if you don't love people unconditional, we're going to bounce you out. I know, that's a joke. I was just kidding. Well, part of me was. Part of me is not. Can you imagine you came to the altar, <coughs> Sister Dean? You bank robber, you you held up held up I don't know how many banks and how many years ago did you get the Holy Ghost? Over sixty years. Robbing banks for how I don't know how long. We all know that's not true, but or is it? <laughs> FBI will be listening to this tape and they'll be sitting at Brother and Sister Dean's house tomorrow morning. You imagine Sister Dean, she, she comes to the Lord. And just, I, I, I think I can pick on you because, right? Not going to whoop me. She comes to the Lord 60 years ago. She repents of her sins. And God fills her with the Holy Ghost 60 years later. Could you imagine her coming to somebody? This is never going to happen. That's why I can 
pick on her, come up, well, why, why, why are you here with that on? For 60 years, you kind of forgot where God had brought you from. It's, it's, it's easy to sometimes to forget. But I've seen a lot of people hurt because of little statements. How about just going to people and saying, hey, you're welcome here anytime. Hey, why don't you come back? We need you. What do you mean you need me? Not, not in this condition. No, we need you. I don't care what I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you do. We need you. We need people like you. People have a tremendous need to feel needed. If you did not feel needed, not a one of you would come back here. You've, everybody has that feeling inside them. It's a feeling that God gave us. We all have a need to be wanted. Everybody has that. And it makes no difference either. When they come in, they're looking for something. That they, a lot of times they don't know what they're looking for. But they, they know they need something. And how are they going to know it if we approach them in a, in a distant manner or a cold manner? They need to be embraced. They need to know what love feels like. And because a lot of these kids, I see it here, talk to my kids coming home, Dad, such and such ain't got no dad. And he's always in trouble. And the teachers don't like him. And those kids, they end up growing up into adults, and they, that, that has never left them. And people... People uh, go into a life of crime and drugs and all that, and it all starts and it all begins with they've never felt unconditional love because there was always something wrong with them. There, there was always uh, 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 conditions whether they were accepted or loved. They was not good in sports. They weren't good. They weren't good in, in singing. They weren't good looking. They didn't have money. They didn't have a high class parent. So therefore, they were outcast. And so that's the people we see in the world today, and that's, that's what they're looking for. We don't need to shove this, uh, this apostolic thing down their throat. We just got to love them. I could go on, and I, I have three, four pages of notes. That, and I, I want to stand this, this morning. I, I want God to, uh, to start working on us and, and really helping us. Every single one of us need work in this area. Everybody has somebody in their life that they have a hard time being around. Hard time liking, hard time loving. And a lot of times we hold it in our spirit. And it keeps us from accomplishing other things. And we don't realize it. And it, I'm telling you, it begins and ends with whether we love or not love. Now I'm asking God this morning to touch our, touch our hearts and soften us. And help us to have compassion on people. Help us to love people unconditional. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come tonight expecting a, a great move of God. And I believe that, that God wants to do great and mighty things tonight. And uh, I hope and pray that we find some, somebody walks in this place and feels that. If you see a visitor here tonight, I want you to embrace them. I want you to make them feel at home. Make this the place to be. And uh, I, I give you honor and thank you for listening to me this morning. Uh, and we love you. Come early to pray. Uh, I think we're all going to be up here praying at 5.30. There's choir, no choir. Praise, practice at 4.30. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. and Shake somebody's hand. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.